in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, we are given uh, two imperatives, two commands concerning how we are to participate in the Lord's Supper. We start in verse 17. The first imperative, the first command that we are given is that we are to participate. We are to, uh, we are commanded to remember the Lord's sacrifice that he made for us through the communion supper, through the Lord's supper. And in 1 Corinthians 11, the context is that the Corinthian church had not been following this ordinance in the way that it was intended. Uh, there were some who were treating it as a feast, a time to eat all and drink all that they could, and that was not the purpose. Uh, and some, and there was, they were eating. Some were eating so much that some were not getting enough. There wasn't enough to go around. Of course, uh, we very specifically, you know, have the little portion to make sure that we understand this is a symbol here. This is a picture. This is a memorial uh, so that we know it's, it's not uh, for a meal in any way and what the actual purpose is. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 11, starting at verse 17. Now in this I declare unto you, I praise you not, that ye come together not for the better but for the worse. For first of all, when ye come together in the church, I hear that there be divisions among you. And I partly believe it. For there must be also heresies among you, that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. When ye come together heretofore into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating, everyone taketh before another his own supper, and one is hungry and another is drunken. In other words, uh, the way that they have been practicing the Lord's Supper, they... Um, some have been taking too much, some have had not, not had enough, and they've been treating it more like a meal, and that's not the purpose. Um, this is an ordinance for our remembrance, as he will make clear in the following verses. Verse 22. What? Have ye not houses to eat and to drink in? Or despise ye the church of God, and shame them that have not? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I praise you not. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he betrayed you, took, in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance for you. And so Christ commanded his disciples, and by extension, the church today to do this in remembrance of him as we see in verse 24 that is our first imperative the first command do this in remembrance of Christ and in doing this in remembrance of Christ in remembrance of the sacrifice that Jesus made for us the first picture we see is that of the bread which is broken for us that represents the Lord's body it's a picture of his body. It brings to our memory his death, the breaking of his body for us. In verse 25, And after the same manner he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament, the New Covenant, 
in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. Once again, we're commanded, do this in remembrance of Jesus. Uh, the grape juice that we uh, will be using here shortly re represents the blood of Jesus. It's a picture of his blood. We do not you know, believe, as some, some may or may have in the past, that uh, it is literally or that we have any mystical communion with God, that this has anything to do with our salvation. It is only a picture. It is only a memorial. But all of us who do so, do so with uh, the understanding that we are believers and this is one ordinance that we are given to remember Christ's death. So we keep that always before us. So it helps us to remind us how we should be living for him, how he died for us. He has redeemed us with his blood. He has purchased us. He has brought us into this new covenant in which the only requirement of us is that we believe. We have put our faith in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ in our place. He has bought us with his blood. So this shows his death. It's a picture of his death. It is also as is also the other ordinance, which again, I want to remind you, anyone who is interested in getting baptized, I encourage you to talk with me after the service, meet with me uh, in the Beck uh, Sunday School classroom uh, this afternoon. Uh, baptism is also another picture. It's the other ordinance. Unlike baptism, which is only that one time after you are, uh, sh hopefully shortly after you become a believer, but any time after you become a believer, that is one of the first steps of obedience to to show, to picture Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, and it identifies us with it. In many, many countries um, of the world, that is a death sentence, because when a person identifies that he is a Christian, that's the outward identification is baptism. Once they're baptized, that's for all their friends and family and the people around them in that country, that marks them as that person has converted to Christianity. That's not what makes us a Christian, but it's a picture of it. And so is this ordinance of the Lord's Supper. It is a picture of, our, uh, of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, specifically of his death, his breaking his body, and his blood being shed for us. And so we do this not just uh, one time after we become a Christian, as we do with baptism, but as oft as we do it, implying that we are supposed to do it on a regular basis. Here at the Bible Church of Lakeshore, we do it uh, the first Sunday of each month. So verse 26 says, As oft as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. And we're reminded here that Jesus is coming again. And we're watching and waiting for that. And until he comes, we're supposed to be doing this ordinance as we do here this morning. And then the second imperative for us in this passage on communion, on the Lord's Supper, the second command we are given is to participate in the Lord's Supper worthily. Worthily. And what does that mean? Let's look at the following verses. Verse 27. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself. So the first imperative, the first command we were given was 
do this in remembrance of me. And we were given that twice. Once as it, uh, right after the mention of Christ's body being represented by the blood, bread and his blood uh, being represented by the, uh, by the wine, by the juice. And then here in verse 28, we're given that imperative, let a man examine himself and so let him eat of the bread and drink of that cup. For he, in verse 29, for he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh himself damnation, meaning judgment, to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. Some have, have died. Verse 31, for, we, for if we would judge ourselves, we should be, not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Therefore, my brethren, when ye come together to eat, tarry one for another. And if any man hunger, let him eat at home, that ye come not together unto condemnation, and the rest will I set in order when I come. And here in the final verses of this chapter, we see the clarification of what Paul meant by unworthily. You'll notice that word unworthily in verse 27. It's an adverb. It's not an adjective. That's important. It's, that's both in the original language and our English translation. Because sometimes it's taken that to be worthy, that we have to be worthy, we have to have all our sins confessed, all our lives in right order, in order to participate in this ordinance. And if that was true, would any of us truly be worthy? Uh, there was a, a Baptist preacher uh, who founded the state of Rhode Island, when it was uh, founded the colony of Rhode Island before it became a state. Uh, that was Roger Williams. And he got to the point in his church where he personally would decide whether someone was worthy or not to participate in communion. And he, he was so strict, he finally got down to it was just he and his wife taking communion. And then he finally got to the point where he admitted in his journal, I'm not sure that even my wife is worthy. And the, I don't know, the arrogance to think that he was worthy, that he knew that he was worthy and no one else was. So we don't want to get to that point ever, of course. And so what we're asking here is that while you are participating, we ask if you are a believer that you would participate with us this morning. And the only thing that should keep you from participating is that you are not a believer. And uh, because the worthily here is an adverb, it's talking about the manner in which we participate, meaning that the manner in which the Corinthian church had been participating was treating it like a feast to eat their fill. And that is not the right manner. That's why some were weak and sickly among them, and some had even died, because God had judged them for this improper practice of the ordinance that they were given to remember the Lord's death till he comes. That's the purpose. So when we are participating, we want to take it seriously and participate worthily by remembering the Lord's death as we do this. And we're not focused on the elements, the little uh, cracker, the little juice. We're not focused on that. It's not about that. It's a picture. And that's what we want to be thinking about as we participate this morning. And that is what it means to participate worthily that we're doing it in remembrance of Christ. We're not doing it with the focus of, oh, this is a good little um, taste test like we get in a store. No, 
what we need to be focused on is our memorial, our remembering Christ. And certainly our lives should also indicate that by the manner of way we live, but that's not the focus here. It's not to be a confessional, but rather a memorial service. So at this time, I ask that the deacons come forward and we will put into practice the ordinance which is here described and outlined and detailed in 1 Corinthians 11. And we will give thanks, as, as Jesus did, for each of these elements and read these two verses again in 1 Corinthians 11, 24 and 25 as we participate together this morning in the Lord's Supper. <clears throat> 